You're tuned in to Let's Talk Good Business, the show that's designed to feature the emerging identity of social entrepreneurs, activists, philanthropists, and other creative change makers. Join our host, Dr. Dion Mahaffey, as she explores the strategies, leaders, and new markets that are driving the evolution of conscious good business. Hi, this is Dr. Dion, and thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Good Business, where we encourage you to do good and be good wherever you are. In the next hour, our guest, Tiffany Wright, wants you to know that the funding is out there. You heard me, you entrepreneurs and aspiring business owners. She's helped numerous small and medium businesses find funding for a variety of purposes from many sources. But today, she'll talk to us about how you too can generate the business financing that you need to grow and achieve your business goals. Tiffany is the author of a new book called The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Impact Your Business. So whether you've got a $300,000 transportation business or a $20 million business services company, or you are an aspiring entrepreneur or social entrepreneur considering your options, Tiffany C. Wright has the information and strategies for getting your business needs financed. Welcome, Tiffany. I'm so excited about you being here because this is our first you know, um, show about the funding and the financing that entrepreneurs need, so welcome. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to spread the word. Awesome. Now, let's just jump right in. I mean, why write a book called The Funding is Out There? Why do we need a book that focuses on small business funding? Because so many small business owners aren't aware of the options that exist. Most think of banks, um, and they think of the large banks, the Bank of America, the uh, city banks of the world, and when they think of debt financing or loans, and then they think of venture capital uh, the people who fund Facebook and uh, uh, let's Google um, when they think of equity investment. But there's such a huge range of other funding that is out there um, that it's, it's, I think it's very important for small business owners to understand this. And then also I've spoken at numerous conferences and church uh, business meetings and um seminars and so on and I just keep getting the question I just keep having business owners tell me the funding I can't get funded I can't find the funding I I, I can't I can't I can't so I said you can <laughs> and I got tired of repeating myself so I said why don't I write a book that that spreads that spreads the the information that I've been disseminating one-on-one -on -one or one to a group and let people know that the funding is out there. The funding is available. You just have to think. You just have to think creatively about it and be resourceful. So, I mean, was that what inspired you to write the book that you've been talking about? It. You just found a way to commercialize it and say, "Hey, I'm going to put this in a book to give you this information that I've been sharing one on one." Is that was that yes. the inspiration? Yes, it was actually. I was frustrated because I would tell one person uh, one on one. One day, the next day I speak to a group, a group of 30 and say this, have the same questions. Two days later, the same thing over and over again. And <laughs> I'm starting to feel like a broken record. It was new to them, but to me it's the same thing. And so someone said, Tiffany, you should write it down. And yeah. then a second person said, you should write it down, consider writing a book. And so that's, that was the germination for the book. 
I think that's, that was great advice that they gave for you to chronicle it and, and put it in a format that everyone, you can spread it, you know, around, not just limit it to your core group of clients or friends, but just sharing the information globally. It's a great vehicle to disseminate such valuable information. Now, in the book, you know, you, you share, and I want to ask you for the sake of our audience, how do you determine which funding strategies to use for any small or medium business that you work with? That's, that's actually an excellent question, and I do have an a, a area at the end of the book of the funding is out there that speaks to, that walks you through a series of different questions, because uh, obviously here I can share some of the strategies, but to get down to the granularity of it, you, you need to, I, I need to ask more questions. But essentially it depends on the stage of your business. Are you a startup? Have you been in existence for two years or eight years? Are you, what industry you're in? The financing sources will be different if you're in transportation versus IT versus manufacturing or distribution or retail. Then it also depends on what's your goal. What are you trying to achieve? And that will also help to determine or help help you decide uh, whether you need growth capital or if you're you're just you just need maintenance capital um, the, the last thing is are you um, what's your do you intend to exit the business do you intend to sell do you intend to bring on investors and if you do then what do you have to offer them so those are the those are the three or four different uh, primary questions that I need to ask that you need to ask yourself in order to determine what's the best funding strategy for you. Now, let's just say someone is a consultant or a solo entrepreneur or, you know, a, a tech startup, but they're just at the ideation phase and they don't have any employees, but they need funding. What can they do? Okay, if you're a tech startup and you're at the ideation stage, then you uh, – then, again, people, people fund businesses – and people do fund ideas, but you need to have an execution or you need, you need to know how you're going to execute, meaning you need to have a plan. So if you're at the ideation stage, then essentially it's friends and family or angel investors who believe in what you're, you're doing or who have some kind of connection to either you or the product that you have. Another option is um, the S with the, the uh, S, S small business investment, uh, FBIC, not the mm-hmm. FBICs, I'm sorry, the, um, having a brain drain here, but it's a, um, I'll, I'll think about it over break. Yeah, we can come <laughs> back to that one. <laughs> but, but it's actually, it's, it's a funding program through various U.S. Uh, departments and it will mm-hmm. provide you with up to, uh, at different stages, $100,000, $500,000, $750,000, dollars for you to uh, work on uh, your idea and making it and commercializing your idea, and it provides the funds to do just that. Now, for a, a solopreneur or a consultant, it depends on what you're offering if, um, and how your business is structured. But uh, typically, the best thing would be some kind of debt financing um, unless you're going to package your business and, you know, for uh, allowing you to bring in investors. But, yeah, typically some kind of uh, 
debt financing and there's microfinance loans out there that you cannot get through a bank, but there's a number of different entities out there that provide them. So the money's out there, I mean, for everyone, no matter where you are, you know, um, yes. you can get, get money. Now, what about a fellow business owner who's struggling? What advice would you give them? Well, one thing, I, 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 I don't know um, if many people are aware of factoring, but factoring is a, a, where you, you have accounts receivables, which are your invoices that you have sent to your customers. If they're sitting on your desk, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this, because I've seen this happen. If the invoice is sitting on your desk, you cannot collect on it. Right. (laughs) You must send it as soon as it becomes available in order for you to be able to collect. So that is an account receivable as your customer has received it, but they sell them to uh, an entity, and then that entity collects for you. That's called factoring. I've seen companies that have had very thin margins use factoring, but they don't have a plan to get out of factoring and it becomes a just a spiral downward. So if you don't have cash and you need operating cash, then you, um, you need to get a working capital um, loan or line of credit. If your credit, if you're very small and you, don't, you haven't built up business credit, then it's going to rely on your credit, so either a microfinance entity or a or a community bank would be your best uh, your best um, route to go. Um, if you can t- take a look at your cash flow and find out what's causing the problem and correct the problem, then you can go for other sources of cash. But again, if you're struggling and your financials look horrible, you have to get those financials in line. <laughs> And I've helped companies do that because sometimes it looks horrible on paper, but when you restructure some things, it do, it's not that bad. Um, it's actually, it, it can be okay. But if it looks horrible on paper, then most of the debt funding entities will go, oh, my goodness. But again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if you are, but if you're in retail, there's, there's uh, options. There's um, entities that will kind of do a, 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 a bridge between, debt financing and equity. So there's options, um, but those t- options typically exist if you have about um, 500000 to a million or more in revenue and you're struggling. Those are the options that I would begin to think about are where are you, what are you trying to do, how can we restructure this, and that's what, the, that's what I speak to in the funding is out there. Awesome. Now, I mean, this, this is great advice. I personally have used factoring in my businesses, and it's been really good for me, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, sometimes you're overwhelmed if you're a small business with limited, you know, a limited number of resources and employees, and you, you may not get those invoices sent out as soon as you should or as timely as you, you can. And I, I'm a lot better at that than I was, you know. I'm, I'm into my 20th year, you know, as an entrepreneur. Right. So, you know, just – Getting everything done and, and, and having your business run like a well-oiled machine does take time. So, guys, when we come back, Tiffany's going to continue sharing with us. We're gonna, I think I have some questions about the traditional sources versus the non-traditional sources of financing that I really want you to share. Um, and we just want to talk about that for a minute and a couple of other things that I want to ask you. So we're going to take a break, guys, and we will be right back and continue to talk good business with Tiffany C. Wright, as well as we'll tell you how to get her book, The Funding is Out There access the cash that you need 
to impact your business. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more information on how to be and how to do good business. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night. I decided to just go to sleep and get the night over with. But those guys came into the bedroom and got into a massive pillow fight. Let me tell you, it's not easy falling asleep when a sweaty little kid falls on you every five seconds. Even after the lights went out, Raleigh and his friends stayed up. A bunch of them snuck up on me to try and pull a hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs and that was a mistake because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. When the sun came up this morning, I found out the reason it was so cold. I was sleeping right by the sliding glass door and some fool had gone and left it open overnight. That really stunk because if I knew there was a way to escape last night, I definitely would have taken it. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenney. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked through the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me and I looked up. <gasps> Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get mom. My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. A couple more steps and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... Find out what happens next. Read Philippa Fisher's Fairy God Sister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Next up is Good Books, because everybody loves a good read. I'm reading a great book right now. It's called The Power of Thanks. How Social Recognition Empowers Employees and Creates a Best Place to Work. And the book was written by Eric Mosley and Derek Irvine. And it really just shares with readers how the most powerful words that you can have in your leadership vocabulary is thank you. This is an amazing way to build a fully engaged and energized workforce. And it really translates into increased performance and business success. So if you get a chance, go pick up that book. It's called The Power of Thanks. And it chronicles how different companies have used social recognition to just change the paradigm in their organization to develop, you know, one where trust directs and rewards this higher performance atmosphere. It's really good how they just talk about what different executives have done and what you can do as a reader, as an entrepreneur to actually implement this in your workplace because we all know that at work, nothing matters more than being valued and appreciated. And by providing a natural way for people to give and receive recognition, it's really key. And and the strategies outlined in this book can help HR leaders or any leader drive higher levels of engagement and performance. So go and pick it up. Learn more about how to say thank you. The book is called The Power of Thanks. How social recognition empowers employees and creates a best place to work. 
Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. Dion, and Tiffany C. Wright is our guest. She's the author of The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Impact Your Business. She shared with us, I mean, valuable information. So if you're just tuning in, guys, don't go anywhere. Just listen to everything that she's going to share with you about how to get funding for your small business. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur or you've been in business for a while, she has the answers that you need. That's why we brought her on today. So, Tiffany, let's just jump right back in. We were talking about the traditional sources of financing while we were on the break. And can you share with our listeners some of the traditional sources of financing and also what are some of the non-traditional sources? Because I think that is you know, what's most key is the non-traditional sources. So let's start with the traditional and then move into the non-traditional. Okay. The traditional are uh, bank loans, uh, working capital, lines of credit, term loans, um, equipment loans. Those may come from an equipment provider or a a leasing entity direct from a manufacturer um, if you buy servers and equipment from Dell, you can use, you can get financing from Dell. So that would be a type of financing, equipment financing. Um, another type is factoring, which we've, we've mentioned, uh, or a, an, an accounts receivable line of credit. Not as many people know about receivable financing versus a line of factoring. With factoring, the entity buys the receivables but with a receivable line of credit, the entity you keep the you you keep ownership of your receivables, but but they act similar to a bank. And these are ways that you can transition to a line of credit at a bank if you don't currently qualify. Um, what else? Uh, venture capital. That's traditional if you're in tech or biotech or medical technology. Yeah. Um, if you are angel investment, um, it's something that a lot of people have heard of, but they haven't uh, taken advantage of it. That's a, a traditional. It's been around for as long as there's as long as there's been companies, there have been angel investors. <laughs> yeah, and, and the cool thing about way. angel investors is, is they, they don't want a stake. Sometimes they're just giving you the money to to move your idea forward. So, you know, it's it's not like an investor that wants a stake in your company sometimes. It's just, hey, here's the funding. Get this idea off the ground. We believe in you. Well, this is, this is true. Sometimes they don't want a stake. They just want a – they just want their money returned with a mm-hmm. – so more of like a bank. It's structured more like a loan. But they, um, that would be called preferred, preferred equity, meaning that you, uh, you give them a return on the money that they invest, but they don't need, they don't need an actual equity stake in the business. So right. yes, you're absolutely right. Um, so those are what I would call the traditional, uh, forms of financing, the ones that people think of. Um, non-traditional would be bartering or swapping. And yes, this is legitimate. Large mm-hmm. corporations do it. It's uh, and it's a it's recognized by it's a generally what generally accepted accounting principle. I mean, you have to use GAAP when you mm-hmm. use barter or swap. Um, then there's uh, strategic investors, which uh, many people don't think of, but they're out there and they may be just what your company needs. If you're if you are small and nimble and you're going after an area of the market that a large corporation is interested in, but they don't have, they either 
they're afraid to commit the resources because they tend to focus on improving what they already have instead of coming up with new stuff, uh, new products or methodologies and so on, then a larger company, either a Fortune 1000 company or just a larger company in your area may be interested in investing in you. Strategic partnerships, marketing partnerships, uh, co-marketing agreements, licensing, um, co cooperatives. Um, some of you may have heard of, of uh, the groups. There's often we hear about uh, agricultural co-ops or electrical co-ops if you live out west. Um, food co-ops. Uh, you know, the local health food store may be a co-op, but also people have um, engaged in co-ops or a sort of a form of co-op um, amongst immigrant communities where people will pool their funds and one one person or one family will will take the funds out each month or every two weeks. So that's a form of uh, co-op or a loose form of co-op. Um, and I mean, and you know, in the African American community, there have always been those types of social savings clubs, and someone gets the pot, and you know, and there's, you know, rent parties, you know, crowdfunding. I think is, I tell people when they're like, "What is crowdfunding?" I'm like, "It's a rent party." You know, back in the day, he did he did a rent party. Somebody needed it, and they asked everybody. You came over, you ate some fish, and and you left some money. So that's that's crowdfunding. That's how I explain that's, it. You know, when when I'm amongst you know right. our community trying to tell them what crowdfunding is, and they don't understand. In simplistic <laughs> terms, it's a rent party. It's just done that's online exactly, yes. with emerging tools. But you say, look, I'm about to get put outside, and I need some money. And everybody put something in the pot, and they save your business. So that's what crowdfunding is, and you know, just from from our community's perspective. And we'll talk more about crowdfunding. I think on another show, have something dedicated to just that. But you know, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just thought that was interesting when you mentioned um, bartering. I've also you know done a lot of bartering as well. Um, as entrepreneur, and definitely you know you have to follow the SEC's general. Um, accepted accounting practices, as you mentioned. So everyone, you're yes. going to have to get her book to get all of this information that she's sharing, and we'll tell you how you can get the book. But let's keep on. What are some more traditional sources of financing? Um, non-traditional. Oh, non-traditional. Um, well, you mentioned crowdfunding, and there's also peer-to-peer -peer lending. So crowdfunding is when you offer uh, – well, now you can offer – you can do equity crowdfunding, which is just crowdfunding – uh, uh, seeking out angel investors beyond your typical, the typical group that you would pursue. Um, but perk crowdfunding is what is what Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and other entities offer, um, and that's where you offer when your product or service or uh, other freebies or perks, not freebies, but <laughs> perks <laughs> um, based on the funding level that the person or company, whomever, contributes at. Um, another one, um, and then peer-to-peer -peer lending would be Prosper, Prosper or Lending Club, and that's where uh, people like yourself, other business owners, just individuals who are looking for an alternative investment will lend to you. So for your $10,000 loan um, at Prosper, you may have 46 people that contributed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. At Lending Club, it tends to be two or three. But, yes, at Prosper, it truly is peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, another 
Um, another non-traditional source is, is uh, uh, what I call customer. There's different ways to engage your customers. There's customer deposits and prepaids, but some you can get your you can get your suppliers. I mean, your customers to um, to fund you. There's you can do that traditionally with equity, not traditionally, but um, through a program where you market to your customers and so on. If you, you're seeking funding up to a million dollars. Um, but again, like customer deposits, prepaid, you can offer uh, a discount to your favorite customers um, of 10 to 20%, depending on whether it's six months or a year, to get them to fund the rollout of your product or service. Uh, again, the, the point is to think creatively. Yeah. What is it trying to – the first thing I tell people is don't tell me how much money. because I, I Well, I need 50000 I need yeah. – 250000 what do you need it for? Well, I need to hire this person, and I need to do marketing, and I need, I need a you know, reserve on a lease. Okay, well, how much do you need specifically, and then and why do you think you need that much? So we go through it, and then what we, from doing that, by determining what it is that you really need the money for, then you can look at um, can I, I can get the money or I can get the resource. So I've had in I think the next in the next segment we'll talk about some of the case studies, but I've had um, I've had clients find uh, uh, find I had one who had a marketing customer uh, a marketing excuse me not a marketing customer a marketing partner that so they didn't need the thirty five thousand that they had slotted for marketing the 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 partner just absorbed the entire cost. Wow. And rolled it out. Be- wow. Well, for them, it wasn't 35000 because they were already marketing, so they just added on their this client's product to their marketing and just, you know, so they, they did the collateral and so on and, and then did the actual marketing. But this is what I mean. You, if you think about what it is that you need, then you can think about the ways to get that specific item. It may be money but it may be a different resource that but the end goal is the end objective is the goal exactly get the resources that you need we'll continue this discussion when we come back we've got to take a break guys i know this is valuable information and i don't want to go anywhere i'm sure you don't either so let's just sit right here and we'll come back after the break and continue our discussion about how to find the funding because as tiffany has shared with you it's out there we'll be right back hey atlanta our phone lines are open Call us now at 404-850-8249. We're taking your questions about entrepreneurship, nonprofits, and social good. You'll receive a response on today's show or during a future broadcast. Dial 404-850-8249. That's 404-850-8biz. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked through the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me, and I looked up. (gasps) Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get mom. My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. 
a couple more steps, and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... To find out what happens next, read Philippa Fisher's Fairy Godsister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night. I decided to just go to sleep and get the night over with. But those guys came into the bedroom and got into a massive pillow fight. Let me tell you, it's not easy falling asleep when a sweaty little kid falls on you every five seconds. Even after the lights went out, Raleigh and his friends stayed up. A bunch of them snuck up on me to try and pull a hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs and that was a mistake because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. When the sun came up this morning, I found out the reason it was so cold. I was sleeping right by the sliding glass door and some fool had gone and left it open overnight. That really stunk because if I knew there was a way to escape last night, I definitely would have taken it. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenney. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Hey, welcome back. You know, Tiffany, you were mentioning the non-traditional sources of funding and how you had a client share with you um, that they needed to hire someone. And, you know, what I share with people that I coach um, in, in business and, and launching their business is sometimes an intern. You know, I have a very good, solid internship program with about four universities. And I when I tell you it's been a tremendous cost saving, so that's another non-traditional form of getting what you need without having to to really go out and find actual dollars to make it happen. You know, a, a good internship relationship with a local university or even an online school ha has really served me well. And I, I probably have about three or four interns for different facets of my businesses each semester. That's six employees. And when you think about even if they were paid minimum wage, um, which none of them are paid, it's college credit. Just think about that, guys, you know, those who are listening and, and need to hire. Write some job descriptions and put them online and, and find interns. Go into the universities locally, wherever you are, or find some of the online schools, and you will get some help. I've had, I mean, just I cannot tell you. I have case studies to share. And I know, Tiffany, you have a lot of case studies and examples since we're talking about funding. Um, there are some sample executive summaries and investor profiles in your book, but not everyone can craft these high-quality financial statements or summary documents like you can, Tiffany. So what can everyday folks do if they don't have the training to create the financial statements and supporting narrative documents needed to bring in financing? Well, that's why I provide ex um, samples or examples in the funding is out there be because of that. If you don't know... What, part of the issue that a lot of business owners have is that they don't know how to package their business for the money that they're going after. So how you package for a bank is different from how you package for an angel investor, which is different than how you package for a private equity fund or for a, an equipment loan. So you, you, you have to understand, think of it you know, if you're marketing, you have to put yourself in your customer's place and think about what would appeal to your customer. What are the features? Okay, yes, the features, but what are the benefits to your customer? Well, the same thing, if you're looking for funding, 
you think of it from the funding sources perspective. What are they looking for? What are they afraid of? What do you need to address? And that's, and that's the perspective that you need to write from. And so I tell people, please, please, I've seen people say, okay, well, instead of having nothing, they now have a 30-page business plan. There's no funding source out there that wants to see a 30-page business plan right. from the beginning. They right. just want to see like a three- or four-page document that just briefly covers your business, what you're doing, why you're doing it, how long you've been in business, how you're structured, um, and all. actually that's one paragraph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right there is one paragraph. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, there's sample executive summaries online. Again, there's some in the funding that's out there. Uh, for investors, there's what I call a one-cheater, a one mm-hmm. uh, which provides an overview of your business, uh, an investor profile template. Um, and uh, oh, I, I don't have time to go into that. But essentially, less is better, but mm-hmm. less and but yet succinct. And uh, so, yes, if you – templates are in, the funding is out there, but also search the Internet for a brief executive summary. Yeah, <laughs> very brief. Or profile template, yes. <laughs> very brief. I mean, in the tech world, you know, it's, it's all about a pitch deck, and, you know, it's a yes. simple PowerPoint or just a one-page plan because they really want to hear the idea and – tell me about the money you need and what's the return on the investment. That's really what's critical. And and no one wants to hear how you started it and all your background and your bio and all the other things that, you know, you're you're taught in B school, which really in the real world um, is not going to cut it. Now, how can business owners be resourceful in order to grow their business? Okay. Well, I do want to say that it it is, People do want to know all of that, but only once they're interested. You once they're interested, yeah, interested. you've got to hook them. You've you've you have hook to them. hook them. You have yeah. to hook them, and that's what a one-pager does. And, and a one-pager in PDF format can be emailed to everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. can pass it on, and they will gladly do that if they're not interested themselves. Um, whereas, the, you know, an executive summary, again, if you're looking for um, equity funding, an executive summary takes more time to read, so don't lead with that. Lead with a one-sheeter. Yeah, Banks and exactly. on the executive summary. That's what they want. Three, three or four pages, perfect. Um, and I'm sorry, I, uh, I wanted to make sure I said that, and I forgot your question. Oh, no, we were talking <laughs> about being resourceful. Yes, <laughs> I mean, this is yes. all valuable information. And to your point, the PDF, you also want to store it online because sometimes if, if they don't know you, they, they, you may get caught in their spam filter when you have an attachment. <laughs> so store it online, put the link in the, in the email, and, you know, send it out and have them link to the PDF or something. I mean, there's so many different ways to skin this cat, and Tiffany has all this valuable information in her book. And, uh, gosh, I wish we had we, – we probably need to bring you back and have a, another talk because when it comes to money, that's one thing that keeps the minority community in particular away from growing our businesses the way that we aspire to because we don't understand the science of money, how to get it, how to keep it. Now, let's talk about resourcefulness. Um, I want to mm-hmm. touch on that. I know we only have a few more, you know, a few more minutes, but how okay. can business owners be resourceful in order to grow their business? Again, the focus is on, okay, treat your business as an asset. It's an investment. It is something that has value just like uh, the home you own or 
other commercial or rental property, um, the investment that you have in stocks in uh, other businesses, it is an asset. It is your asset and it has value. And if you treat it as such and you think of it as such, that will help drive what you do. If you just think of it as the thing that's losing money or the thing that just pays you enough to whatever, it's not, you're not going to be able to be as creative. It first starts with your mindset. If your company has value and you believe it has value, then you will be able to convey that value to others and be able to think um, resourcefully. One thing is have your, your 30 or 60 second elevator speech because you never know who you're talking to. Please, please do not go around telling everyone how, how difficult it is for you to get funding. I'm an angel investor and I have sat next to, I don't know how many people who have sang the blues to me and never once told me the gave pitch. me an elevator pitch on their business. I might have been interested. I might have said, hey, I can't, ha- I can't help you directly, but here's someone who can't. But it's a huge turnoff to hear someone's moaning and groaning all the time. Um, now, it's one thing when I'm speaking. Obviously, that's the subject I'm speaking on. But I'm just talking about being at various business events or being sitting at the airport or whatever. Um, so lead with lead with positivity and you will attract more people and attract more ideas. So that's, that's kind of a law of attraction thing, but I think it really is important for people to understand that your mindset really does influence how you, how you react and how you interact and how resourceful you are. Because if you're constantly telling yourself you can't, your creativity completely shuts down. If you cannot, then you cannot think of other ideas. And when someone tells you you shut down. I've had people tell me, well, <clears throat> I can't get funding. I, I can't get funding. I can't get funding. And I say, well, I remember I had a plumbing, a plumber, a plumbing company that was doing about $750,000 a year, and they needed a $200,000, they needed a $100,000 line of credit. And he had a, went to three banks and been turned down. I took a look at his financials, and I said, okay, I can get you, if you really want a bank loan, I can get you a bank loan. I think we can get you there in two months. But right now, I think I can actually get you a line of credit um, from a receivables refinancing financing firm within two weeks. <clears throat> wow. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's just not going to work. I can't. It was just, I mean. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> woe is me yeah. story. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yes, yes. So I think, so that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you say you can't, you can't, right? You, know, you can't, right. I can't. I'm not going to approach someone if you've already told me that you can. I can't, I can't represent you if you've told me essentially that, no, you, I, you know, I don't have the power to go out there and do that. Um, so that's one thing about being resourceful. But let me just give you one quick example. I had a, a client that had um, that been doing about – Two and a half million in revenue, and they were ramping up. They got two, three different um, government contracts. So over the next two years, they were going to ramp up to eight million from two and a half million. But they didn't have the money to do this. So we approached the bank. They had a, a, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar line of credit. Um, excuse me, a hundred thousand dollar line of credit. The bank did agree to increase it to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but um, and they agreed to review their progress on a quarterly basis and ramp up from there. So then we found a line of credit financing entity that provided an additional $150,000 line of credit 
and we got the bank to let to release some of the receivables against a lien against certain receivables so that the line of credit entity could do it but then we found a marketing partner because they couldn't handle all the business um they had there was a larger company that did 65 million in revenue it was also uh both of these were actually minority owned businesses the 65 million dollar company wanted to get <clears throat> to get more traction into this particular government entity so uh, they agreed to take to to perform some of the services that the small business, the smaller business, could not. And in exchange for that, they uh, they provided the um, they used their own credit to finance mm-hmm. a line of credit to the wow. smaller company. That so is you just awesome. never know. Yes, you just that never awesome. know. You have to go out there and think creatively and think about. What value can you provide in exchange for the funds that you're seeking? Awesome. Guys, we've been speaking with Tiffany C. Wright, author of the new book, The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Impact Your Business. Her book is available for sale on Amazon as well as it's in bookstores and libraries. So you can also find it on her website, thefundingisoutthere.com. Tiffany, how can our listeners get the free giveaways you talk about? Go to thefundingisoutthere.com. And sign up for the VIP list, and you'll get a free ebook. Um, you'll get a free chapter of the, of the funding is out there. You'll get uh, audios, and um, you'll also get. Uh, uh, I'm working on a audio book, so you'll get that. There'll be giveaways and um, additional freebies that come through the pipeline. But initially, awesome. you'll get an ebook and um, a free chapter. Hey, the funding is out there.com. This is Dr. Dion Mahaffey. I hate that we have to go, guys, but you know what? Wherever you are, you need to do good and be good. We'll talk to you again next week, same place, same time, right here, where we'll continue to talk good business. Thank you again for coming on the show, Tiffany. We're so glad to talk with you today. Thank you so much, Dr. Dion, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. Tune in again for more information about the emerging social enterprise. You can also visit us on the web at talkgoodbusiness.com.